Most people meet God at the bottom of a crisis of some kind. I met him on the way up. And I started buying, I left that little multi-level thing, I started buying and selling real estate and I got rich. At least for a, by a kid from Antioch, Tennessee standards. By the time I was 26, I had $4 million worth of real estate, a little over a million dollar net worth. And I was making $250,000 a year in the early 80s. That's $20,000 a month. Now, I don't know what neighborhood you grew up in, but where I grew up, we called that rich. And it was fun too. Sometimes I hear these people say, all those rich people are miserable. Uh-uh. <laughs> we were having fun, F-U-N fun. Now, I'm not here to tell you money will make you happy. And I'm certainly not a quote unquote prosperity gospel guy. But money's not evil either. It's not in scripture. The Bible doesn't say that money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. What I have discovered now 30 years later is that money makes you more of what you already are. It magnifies the good and exposes the bad brightly. If you have a temper and you get money, Lord help the people around you. You will be a rageaholic tyrant. I mean, you, you will be out of control. If you are generous and give and you get money, you'll become what the world calls a philanthropist and you will impact entire communities with the wealth that God allows you to manage. You become more of what you are. And some of the people around you when you get money become more of what they are. And so we were blowing and going. Everything was so good. We were cooking. And I had done some stupid stuff. How many of y'all ever do something stupid with money? How many of you that didn't raise your hand have a problem with lying? All of us have done some stupid stuff with money. And I had borrowed too much money. I had $4 million worth of real estate, but I had $3 million worth of debt on it. It was on short-term notes because I was flipping this house, flipping these houses before there was cable TV to tell you how. And, and so we're just chugging along, chugging along. The bank gets sold to another bank and a guy in another city looked down and said, there's a kid, 26 years old, owes us millions of dollars. Let's limit this relationship, which is banker talk for ruin his life. And they called our notes. The short version of the story is we spent the next two and a half years of our life losing everything we owned. We were sued. We had a brand new baby and a toddler. Our marriage was hanging on by a thread. Because you can have some money fights now. You can have fights, but in a marriage, you can have some money fights. Number one cause of divorce, number one cause of disagreement in America today, money fights. Year after year, month after month. Finally, we were bankrupt. So I met God on the way up, but I got to know him on the way down. 2,500 scriptures on how to handle money and possessions. God's concerned about teaching us how to manage his stuff, his way for his glory. He's really concerned about that. So let's talk about the things that the Bible says we should do with money. Now there's a whole bunch of them, but if you do these over a couple decades, 100% of the time, you will get results that will blow your ever-loving mind. 100% of the time. Because let me just tell you, if you plant corn, don't be shocked if corn grows. As you sow, so shall you reap. If you plant nothing and wait on the government, don't be surprised if you have mud. This is how it works. 
You are in charge of planting. He is in charge of sunshine and rain. The first thing is, you get on a written plan. We call it a budget in the financial world. Jesus said, don't build a tower without first counting the cost, lest you get halfway up and you're unable to finish and all who see you begin to mock you and say, this man began to build and was unable to finish. Don't build a tower without first counting the cost. My friend Zig Ziglar used to say, if you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. My friend John Maxwell says, a budget is people telling their money what to do instead of wondering where it went. Winning is an intentional act. When the Super Bowl is over and the little reporter runs over and says, how did you win? The guy never goes, I don't know. I just got off the bus and this thing happened. (laughs) Getting to the Super Bowl is an intentional act over decades of developing your skill. No one accidentally grows a bumper crop unless it's weeds. No one. So plant something, control the process, control the controllables, write it down. This is my plan. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to do this. I'm going to manage your stuff. I'm going to take care of my own household first. It's in there, remember? And and we're going to live this plan out and we're going to do this thing. It changes everything. The second thing is you need to get out of debt. That's a fairly predictable thing coming out of my mouth. But here's the deal. The borrower really is slave to the lender. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. I've experienced that. I lost everything because I let other people have control over my life. You know what that's called? A master. Well, Dave, I don't know if I agree with all your theories about debt. It's America. You have the right to be wrong. My old pastor used to say, a man with an experience is not at the mercy of a man with an opinion. I've led more people out of debt and into wealth than anybody breathing on the planet today. And I'm not bragging, I just showed them how to do it God's ways. I didn't make up any of this. I stole it all from God and your grandmother. (laughs) You don't have any credit cards? No, not for 38 years. Well, 30 years, that's when I went bankrupt. They wouldn't give me one at first. And then later after they would give me, I didn't want it because I had learned this stuff from the Bible. Studies say that your 10 closest friends over the next decade, your income will be within 10 to 15% of the average of your 10 closest friends. And some of you are going, I need some new friends. (laughs) Well, maybe. I mean, you don't let your little son, your little Johnny run around with the weed head down the street because you know if you do, he's gonna turn into a weed head, right? He comes home talking language. We don't talk in our house. You go, where'd you pick that up? Because you didn't pick it up in here. So where'd you, you know, oh yeah, okay. You become who you hang around with. Be not deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. So hang out with generous people and you will be generous people. Hang out with people who read the Bible. You'll end up reading the Bible. You can't keep yourself from doing it. Hang out with people who treat their wives with respect, men, and you will find men who treat their wives with respect and you'll start treating yours that way. It's an amazing thing that happens. It's a weird thing that happens. So choose carefully. Now I'm not talking about being nice to someone or snubbing other people. I'm nice to anybody. I love people. I love people that are wrong even. I love people. Okay. But I'm talking about my crew, the men in my life that shape my language, the men in my life that impact my spiritual walk, my generosity, my thinking in business, and my acumen. 
Who are the men in my life that are doing that? Ladies, the same thing for you. You're gonna become who you hung around with. Now, the, the next one is save and invest. See, if you don't have any payments and you got a plan, the first thing you're gonna wanna do is save and invest because in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil. And the rest of that proverb says, and a foolish man devours all he has. If you spend everything you make, biblically speaking, you're a fool. I didn't say it, God did, don't get mad at me. But I have been a fool, big red arrow, fool, 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 fool. I know, I know what being a fool feels like. It feels like being broke. Because I spent everything I made. Because I've always been able to make money, I just wasn't able to keep it. I always thought I could out earn my stupidity. And I tried it for a long time, it doesn't work. Save and invest. You're saving for an emergency fund first. Save three to six months to get ready for maybe something like a a what? A rainy day. Visual aid. 2020. God wants to release us from illegitimate debt. Bills we cannot pay because we have overspent. We've not planned. We have indulged ourselves illegitimately. God wants us to be released from and he has a prescription for us. The consequences of having year after year and decade after decade of debt is an insult to the creator who gives us all things to enjoy. So what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. It's a priority issue. You will prioritize God and his relationship to your resources. He will prioritize you in giving you the ideas, the plans, and the opportunity to get out of the incarceration of debt that you may find yourself in today. He is a debt-releasing God, but only on his terms. So if you're tired of the consequences of indebtedness, give God a chance. Guess what? He knows how to pay bills.